This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Folks, 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 it's Sunday, and we have been recording all day. We just got done a couple hours ago with a great interview with fan favorite of the Thomas Paine podcast, co-host of the Thomas Paine Podcast on Fridays, broadcaster Maria Albanese, a very close friend of mine over the last couple of years. We've worked on a lot of stories together. We've shared a lot of personal life experiences with with each other. And so I am filling in for Commander Payne tonight, Sunday night, and uh, Monday morning. So I decided, what the heck, I'm going to interview Maria Albanese. I said to her, hey, Maria, what subjects would you like to cover? I am filling in for Mike. I want to step outside of the technocracy and transhumanism for a little bit. We're 27, 28 episodes deep into those topics on the Dustin Gold Standard. And with Mike, he talks more about corruption and schemes and scams and COVID. And so I want to sort of venture outside of my latest content And she said, hey, why don't we talk about your experience uh, with the border and what you learned down at the border when you worked on your mini documentary series called Border War. And I said, "Okay, I have no problem doing that. I haven't been on top of that content in a while. You're going to have to catch me up uh, on and, and get me caught up on that. But. Why are we talking about it? What is the significance right now? Because someone like myself, who is really post-political at this stage in my life, and I've come to realize that the border being secured is never going to happen, not here in the United States and not in any other Western country. And the reason why is because immigration, uh, especially illegal immigration, And these concocted, uh, orchestrated refugee situations are, in fact, 
that they're orchestrated and so i've come to the realization that they are concocted for the purpose of demographic warfare and what generally happens is that we the united states or our allies destabilize uh, other countries generally poverty-stricken countries generally brown countries and then we force the poverty-stricken people to leave the areas that they are in and then we orchestrate these caravans and these floods of poverty-stricken immigrants into the united states and other western countries for the purpose of destabilizing those countries financially you know economically culturally and that is the purpose that it serves it breaks up the culture of the current country and you're seeing that happening right now uh in poland with the russia ukraine situation by destabilizing that region and then forcing ukrainians into uh, poland it begins to break up a country that was 97 98 polish and so i said how how is this all going to fit in because i'm very black pilled on the border and she said well you know i've been following the steve bannon story and i've been covering that on the thomas Paine podcast on fridays and so bannon turned himself in in regards to the new york state indictment against him for corruption and conspiracy to commit fraud related to the we build the wall gofundme campaign and i said okay okay I, you know i'm a little bored of this stuff i look at this as wwe wrestling clown world uh shenanigans but tell me a little bit more so then she says that steve bannon had come out on charlie kirk that's uh turning point usa's uh show and made a statement that there were 35 raids he used the term raids against uh trump related trump connected um influencers backers and such and then Tucker Carlson came out and commented on it. And I know she's been on a tear against uh, the trading card hero, Tucker Carlson. And so I said, yeah, yeah, okay, I think we could do this. And she said, well, I want you to go back and talk about the border war stuff that you did, what you learned down there, all this intelligence that you gathered that was never in the mainstream media. And so I said, all right, let's do it. Well, it turned out, I think, to be a fantastic show. And so that drops, I think, probably right now while I'm speaking on the Thomas Paine podcast. And then I will re-air it tomorrow night right here on the Dustin Gold Standard for you. Uh, in the meantime, folks, I would appreciate if you go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and a comment. I appreciate it. It keeps me motivated. It helps move up the podcast. Or... Go to Thomas Paine's website, that would be paine.tv slash gold, use slash gold and join, and that helps us. You get the video-free version of this podcast as well as the video-free version of, I'm sorry, the video ad-free version of the Dustin Gold Standard and the video ad-free version of the Thomas Paine podcast, as well as access to the wonderful community of like-minded individuals over there. It's not an echo chamber. It's a place where you can share information, join groups similar to Facebook groups where there's people talking about gardening, technology, prison planet, corruption, all types of things over there. And you don't have to worry about the trolls and the riffraff. So I particularly 
like it. You're not going to change any minds over there because everyone is pretty much on the same page, but you will pick up some great knowledge, some new things, and you can share your ideas. So what we are going to do tonight, folks, what we are going to do. All right. As I've talked about as we were wrapping up the Peter Thiel series, I wanted to next get into Operation Paperclip, which, as you know, if you've been listening to the show or you've studied this on your own, which I know many of you have, uh, was a program uh, created by the United States following World War II, where we brought in 1,500 Nazi scientists and engineers into the United States and installed them into you know, the CIA, NASA, put them in charge of government programs like building rockets, uh, biotechnology programs, uh, torture, mind control, all kinds of fun stuff, right? And so... I really wanted to do that. I've been investigating it. I've been going really deep. I intentionally have not listened to anyone else's podcasts, uh, podcasts on Paperclip. I mean, I did years ago, but I don't go and listen to podcasts if I'm about to talk about it because I want it to come from my own research, and hopefully then it becomes a different angle, a different flavor, a different way to look at these things. I don't want to just regurgitate what other podcasters or, or journalists have talked about. But I decided, folks, that what we had to do before I tap into Paperclip, because one of the things I'm going to focus on with Paperclip is Paperclip's possible connection to sort of the build-up, and it was in existence before, but I mean the big build-up, the big boom in Silicon Valley that we now know is completely flooded with CIA and government and military money, okay? We know that's all going on. So I said, well, I wonder if Paperclip ties into Silicon Valley. Uh, Paperclip guys ended up in Huntsville, Alabama, which is sort of part of NASA's control. We have missile defense there. There's a lot of technology. It's sort of a, uh, another Silicon Valley. So I've started doing research into that. And what I found is there's not a lot of people who have talked about it. So I've been trying to make some connections between Paperclip and Silicon Valley that others have not put together. And again, if you've heard anyone talk about it, then I am interested because I don't want to regurgitate their information. And if if they've done a great job, I'll try to bring them on as a guest. So let me know at gold at pain.tv. That's the email, gold at pain.tv. But what I decided is we're going to have to get into the Internet of Things, the Internet of Bodies, uh, the Internet of Senses, and the Metaverse first. And the reason why I'm doing this, let me explain, folks. I have brushed over these terms during the first 27 episodes. And I think I have to go back now and clarify what all these things are. What this Internet of Everything is. What the metaverse actually is. I've done little sidebars on it in shows, but I haven't really broken it down for you. And it's very important to understand this stuff because as I talk about paperclip and I talk about what some of these Nazi scientists and engineers were working on here, a lot of that is the precursor to what the Internet of Things and Internet of Bodies and Internet of Everything is. You know, what the metaverse is, 
which is essentially a giant mind control matrix prison planet digital cyber world you're going to live inside of if these guys get their way so i'm gonna roll back and we're gonna go over all of this stuff in this show and it may expand into two shows because there's a very important conference we have to watch that came out of the world economic forum it's not something that i've seen a lot of people cover if any i'm not i'm not totally sure obviously don't listen to everything out there but this was a conference in 2022 a few months ago in which uh, four or five of these goobers sit down and they're actually talking about the metaverse. Now, to some of us and to many people you know, you might laugh it off and you say, well, the metaverse, it's just a second life video game that now Mark Zuckerberg changes the name of Facebook to meta and they're marketing their metaverse, which is basically a digital world you live inside of and access through their Oculus virtual reality goggles. But no, folks, it's much bigger than that because, again, you would not have these goobers sitting on a stage at the World Economic Forum in front of the most powerful, influential, wealthy people in the world, from heads of state to CEOs to bankers uh, to people in the public health arena, talking about the metaverse if it was just a video game because all these people wouldn't sit there and waste their valuable time when they could be out destroying the world and crushing humanity if this wasn't a conference about destroying the world and crushing humanity. And so we're going to have to get into that and give you this sort of 40,000-foot view of the metaverse before we move into Paperclip. But we're going to get into Paperclip this week. So what I want to do tonight is start with the Internet of Things. But first, we're going to go backwards a little bit, and we're going to watch a couple of short videos from our friend Klaus Schwab. I've never really played a lot of videos on Schwab here on this show because other people have done it. But you have to understand what Klaus Schwab is talking about when he talks about the fourth industrial revolution. You have to understand that because the fourth industrial revolution is what drives the expansion of the Internet of Things, Internet of Bodies, Internet of Senses, and brings them together in what is the Internet of Everything, which then becomes this metaverse, which is this digital world you will live in, and then you will come out into the natural world, but the natural world will be completely hijacked and taken over and basically be a giant surveillance state a prison planet surveillance state so you can be free inside of the cyber world or be in prison out here in the real world either way you're in prison (laughs) it's scary stuff folks but it's true so we're going to look at what klaus schwab says on the fourth industrial revolution and rather than me reading a bunch of articles to you with klaus schwab's words we're going to listen to him i will have to jump in here and there to explain it because his accent is very thick as many of you may know and it's hard to understand him sometimes and then with some of these world economic forum videos they like to put 
creepy music behind him. Uh, it's like they're producing videos for this James Bond villain. And so it becomes difficult to sort of comprehend what he's saying. And I will just stop and break that down for you. And then from there, we're going to jump into the Internet of Things. I have a few articles that explain it more in depth, but there's also a few videos. So there's going to be a lot of video in here tonight, folks. So you're not going to have to listen to me talk as much as you normally do. I know you love hearing me blab and and sidebar all the time, but I'm going to use videos tonight, and then I will fill in the details with articles mainly from the World Economic Forum, because they are the driving force, and then RAND Corporation, nothing to do with Rand Paul, but the Rand Corporation, and we'll tell you who they are and just show you um, how they're connected to the World Economic Forum, so it makes sense why I'm using them as a source. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, our buddy, our friend, our dear leader, Klaus Schwab. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard. Let's kick it up a notch, folks. I am right here on pain.tv slash gold. And we are going to jump right into this, folks. So let's just start here real quick. I'm on the World Economic Forum website. That's weforum.org, weforum.org. And this is an article from March 2021. What is the Internet of Things? And so it says right here, from soil moisture sensors being used to optimize farmers' yields to thermostats and thermometers, the Internet of Things, IOT, is transforming the way we live and work. It goes on to say billions of networked smart devices, uh, I'm sorry, smart physical objects around the world on city streets and homes and hospitals are constantly collecting and sharing data across the internet, giving them a level of digital intelligence and autonomy. Okay. Around a quarter of businesses were using IoT technologies in 2019, according to McKinsey, up from 13% in 2014. And let me just tell you here, uh, there are more connected devices than people in the world. According to the World Economic Forum's State of the Connected World Report, and it is predicted that by 2025, 41.6 billion devices will be capturing data on how we live, work, move through our cities and operate and maintain the machines on which we depend. And just to throw this in here, the digital transformation that is taking place due to emerging technologies, including robotics, the Internet of Things, and artificial intelligence, is known as the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And COVID-19 has accelerated the use of these technologies. Now, I believe over the last few episodes, I'm not patting myself on the back here, I'm just stating a fact, we have shown you 
how COVID was the great reset and that ushered in the fourth industrial revolution and now we're living in that right now and as we see this sort of old economy this old world being replaced with the new economy new world as uh, peter thiel said you're seeing these technologies being rolled out and if you listen to what i just read on world economic forums website the internet of things is essentially a giant big brother prison planet so now let's go back a second as i mentioned before the break and let's look what klaus schwab says about the false industrial revolution because as the last paragraph talking about internet of things says IOT and artificial intelligence coming together is known as the fourth industrial revolution and COVID has accelerated the use of the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution. So let's listen to Klaus. And the question is, what is the fourth industrial revolution? The fourth industrial revolution will impact our lives completely. It will not only change how we communicate, how we produce, how we consume. It will change actually us, our own identity. And of course, gives life uh, to such uh, policies and uh, developments like uh, smart traffic, smart government, smart cities. Okay, pause for a second, just so you can absorb that. He's saying it's going to change our entire life from smart traffic to smart cities and such. And so it, the, the, the whole thing is, is that the decision has been made, and now we are watching them usher this in as they pretend that this was inevitable and somehow just came together organically. When it's not organic at all, it's completely orchestrated through think tanks like the World Economic Forum. And through the way they do this, and we'll do this in another show, but they utilize their big giant bankers uh, like BlackRock, like Vanguard, State Street, and others. And so when these guys buy big, big portions of these publicly traded companies and then they make investments into private companies like we've seen with peter thiel elon musk the cia and others they're then able to control those companies and that is how effectively you merge the private and public sectors yet calling it a public private partnership when really it is just a public hijacking of the private sector if there ever really was one Okay, so that's what he's referring to now. It's going to affect everyone's lives. Here we go. What we will see is that uh, everything will be integrated into an ecosystem. Everything will be integrated into an ecosystem. He's talking about the fourth industrial revolution. We're going to get into the Internet of Everything's in the metaverse, which is what he's talking about, what is coming in the fourth industrial revolution. Driven by big data and uh, driven uh, particularly by close cooperation also of governments uh, with um, uh, business, civil society, and this revolution will come. 
Now, hold on. You heard what he said. It's going to be driven by big data. And as his king philosopher, his right-hand man, Yuval Noah Harari, has said, data is gold. Those who control the data will be the gods of the future, right? The gods of the new era. And so he's saying it'll be driven by big data. And then he said it'll be executed by these partnerships between the public and private sectors by governments. Okay? And that's what I just explained to you. Um, at a race-taking speed, it will be like a tsunami. And actually, it's not just a digital era. He said it would be like a tsunami, not a piece of salami. Salami is Anthony Fauci, actually prosciutto, but Klaus is saying it'll come like a tsunami, as we're seeing it happen now. It's digital, of course physical, it's nanotechnology, but it's also biological. It's digital, it's physical like nanotechnology, and it's biological. And so three dimension provides a particular force to this revolution. So, and, that, and that provides the force to the uh, revolution. What the World Economic Forum is doing is to promote uh, this public-private cooperation to master the force that the revolution. Yeah, so he's promoting the merger of governments in the private sector to usher in the fourth industrial revolution, okay? I, I know it's hard to understand him. I apologize. The question on the screen is, what will be the impact of the fourth industrial revolution? The fourth industrial revolution will have uh, multifold impacts, of course. Every industry will be digitalized, will be disintermediated, and has to define a new business model. Every industry will be digitized and have to define a new business model. Okay, so you see the decision is already made. He is like the chairman of the board of changing the entire world, but pretending that it's just happening organically. But it's not only business which is affected, it's government which has to move over to agile government, it is society as a whole with the danger of uh, job losses but also with the need. So he's saying now it's going to affect private sector, it's going to affect governments, it's going to affect society as a whole and there will be job losses. To reskill and upskill people uh, fast. Uh, so it's an impact on society. So uh, we will have to prepare very well for this revolution. And I feel that the Asian countries with a relatively young population uh, can manage and master this revolution easier compared to other countries in the world. So he's saying the Asian countries with a younger population can master the revolution uh, much easier than other countries because basically what they're saying is that sort of the blue-collar workforce is going to be put out of business. That's what he's saying. Uh, everyone who is not some sort of you know, engineer, which I believe eventually they're gone, as Elon Musk said, as artificial intelligence starts to write its own code, then you won't even need the programmers and the engineers any longer. The question, how could we prepare for this revolution? Um, what is particularly important is the educational system. Um, we have to change the educational system, which is still very much anchored, even in the 19th century, 
we have to adapt it to the need to change continuously, for example, jobs. So the new educational system has not only been aiming at uh, developing digital capabilities, and I should add ethical norms, but it also has... Yeah, so he's saying the education system now has to develop these, you know, sort of... Um be able to teach all of this new digital fourth industrial revolution tech and then ethical norms you know because remember they always have to be ethical when they're going to destroy humanity put them out of work and execute billions of humans oh yeah no it'll be ethical though it will be ethical to be based on a lifelong educational system yeah, now he says, based on this lifelong educational system. And what he is talking about, I don't know if you've heard Yuval Noah Harari talk about, or even Klaus Schwab, which he talks about in his 2016 book, The Force Industrial Revolution, which we're going to let him tell us a little bit about in a moment. But what they're talking about is that we're going to reach this exponential growth of technology in which technology will advance so rapidly that you as a human will say, okay, I'm a truck driver and I'm losing my job to an autonomous vehicle. So I am going to try to stay in my field and I'm going to become trained as a a mechanic for an autonomous vehicle. But almost immediately upon you, getting those degrees, those licenses, or whatever, what have you, a robot will take your job as a mechanic on an autonomous vehicle. And so then you leave being a mechanic on an autonomous vehicle, and you train to be an engineer for an autonomous vehicle design. And then shortly after you getting that job, you get replaced because they develop an AI that engineers autonomous vehicles. And so you end up in this cycle where you are never comfortable, never stable. There's no security because you constantly keep getting replaced by technology, by artificial intelligence, by robotics, by quantum computing. And so that is where this idea that Yuval Noah Harari comes up with of useless humans. And so I don't know how Klaus Schwab or Yuval Noah Harari think that if this really takes place, if we get to the point of this exponential growth of technology, why they don't think they'll be replaced with AI, just like the Ms. Tangyu CEO AI or the Teal-backed robot lawyer ai that we've seen but the reason why they know they're safe is because these guys are flesh and blood they're behind the scenes and they're actually the architects of this entire dystopian future they also believe once technology hits exponential growth they're going to hit what ray kurzweil calls the singularity which peter thiel backed we know now that i um explained that to you on the show and so they believe at that point they are going to merge with the AI and with the machine. And so they will become these all-powerful humanoid cyborgs that live in this cross-world between the metaverse and the natural world, which is choked out 
and strangleholded by um, it, it, there'll be a stranglehold by this sort of internet of everything. So they're going to have control of the world, the natural world through technology. And then they'll also be the rulers as their mind uploaded brains live inside the metaverse. I know it sounds crazy, but when you listen to what they're talking about and you see the amount of effort, energy, creativity, uh, management, administration, bureaucracy, and, and, um, and just you know manpower that is going into developing this stuff you can come to no other logical conclusion than this is what these guys are building and i will further prove that when we get back from this short commercial break because i need to jump in to the metaverse ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold come and join us folks you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv slash gold. And I'm sorry, but we, 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 we are probing into the mind of Klaus Schwab. What a wonderful man. Now listen, there are other uh, investigative journalists, independent journalists, podcasters who focus on the sort of fourth industrial revolution strictly in a sort of financial greed sense and so they focus on the stakeholder capitalism that klaus schwab talks about and they talk about what is called human capital bonds and such and that's tracking humans throughout this system on a blockchain and sort of assigning a value to them and we'll eventually get into that but to me the bigger picture is control it's power and it's control and it is something deep inside these psychopaths that make them want to be able to hack humans and control humans and control natural life and so it's not just about profits because in the world in which we live money is fake it's just monopoly money. They just print it. If taxes were really to pay for all of the spending that government does here in the United States, then they wouldn't be spending trillions of dollars more than what they collect in taxes every year and keep adding to a national debt, which is well over $20 trillion now. There's over $300 trillion of unfunded liabilities in this country. That is all of the entitlements, uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, welfare, you know, veterans uh, uh, entitlements and such. And so the money is fake. They just print it. And some people think that when they print more money, that causes inflation and everything. It's all rigged from the top, folks. It's all rigged from the top. So these guys who control the spreadsheets, okay, who control Wall Street can just put a zero next to their 
uh, wealth total, their uh, net wealth, and now they're 10 times richer. So they don't need to create all these scams in order to make more money. They don't need to create COVID to sell vaccines. This is about control and it's about power. It's not about just tagging people and making money off them. If that's what it was all about, then you'd have a chance at actually fighting this. But that is not what this is all about. I'm telling you, it's about power, it's about control, and it's about playing God. So sometimes when I listen to these other podcasters, I say to myself, why are they getting sucked into this concept of, you know, it's all about the money or follow the money? Now, in certain cases, yes, they use money to bribe We, the people who work in the positions right now that are developing the Internet of Things, the Internet of Bodies, they use it to bribe people that work in grocery stores, it's like cashiers, to train the customers to go use frictionless shopping, even though that person, that cashier, may or may not realize that what they're doing is actually training the customer to utilize this new technology, which will take away their job or the future job of another high school kid or another retired grandmother who needs a little bit extra money and so they use the money to bribe all the plebeians all the peasants all of us who get tricked into this they also utilize convenience so they sell you on the idea of convenience to put a fitbit on or to carry your smartphone around to put a ring camera on your house while they are building this internet of things prison planet while we are building the fourth industrial era for them so i'm just not a big believer in spinning you in circles and telling you that this evil this evil bond villain klaus schwab and his right hand uh right hand man Yuval Noah Harari and Ray Kurzweil and Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and the rest of the gang are doing this strictly for profits they're doing it for control and when they control and they have influence and they have power and they have money the money is just there and they are allowed to play the richest men on earth when they are in control of the prison planet They're like the kings and the queens. Look, if the king lives up in a castle and all of the knights enforce his edicts on the peasants down in the village, the king uses his gold to pay the knights to enforce his edicts. That's how the king stays in power. And so the system they're creating allows them to stay in power. And I personally think if they have ultimate power, they won't actually even need money. The CBDC, um, Central Bank Digital Currency, is just another form of the fiat, paper, monopoly money we have today. That is to keep us in line. That is to bribe us to get inside the metaverse and earn tokens so that we can buy digital 3D printed cheese or something. But it's not just about the money. All right, we've got to go to this clip right here of Klaus Schwab talking a little bit more Excuse me, I've been talking all day. I apologize. Whoa. Drink of water, folks. All right, we need to get into this clip right now of Klaus Schwab at one of these conferences, the World Knowledge Forum. 
talking about the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, that he wrote in 2016. Let's look at it. As a reminder, my notion and my book of The Fourth Industrial Revolution is that the innovations we are seeing today in terms of artificial intelligence, uh, the Internet of Things, cloud computing, advanced robotics, and many others, together constitute a new phase in human development. Now, you see, he's up there talking about the Internet of Things, okay? And this is why I want you to see this. Uh, As I said, I've read the book. I'm going to eventually read it to you. But he's talking about the Internet of Things and what is coming. And he's up on a screen. He's obviously on green screen. And then they've got the World Economic Forum logos behind him. He's in front of a room of Asian people. And it looks uh, quite freaky, actually. Ah, or even exceeding previous industrial revolutions in scale and impact. COVID-19, if anything, has accelerated this ongoing industrial revolution. If COVID had happened even 10 years ago, we could not have imagined moving entire companies, schools, and government offices so fast online. Okay, okay, see what he said there? If COVID-19 had happened 10 years earlier, They could not even have imagined moving all the schools, governments, businesses, and everything online into the internet, into what? The metaverse, folks, into the metaverse. Well, why did COVID-19 happen when it did? Because it served the purpose of the Great Reset, which the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab promote. Do you get it? It's all orchestrated, folks. It's not a bunch of quacky people there. This is real. This is real stuff. These are the guys that control it, and you're watching everything happen. It's all happening for a reason. It is not organic. There are puppet masters controlling the puppets, and then you're seeing all of the technologies of the force industrial revolution being ushered in. Let's continue to listen to this psychopath. Today, that is a reality. The force industrial revolution has become a reality, not just for the pioneers, but for a broad range of people and workers. We are also seeing macroeconomic consequences, changes. Big tech companies such as Apple, Samsung, Alphabet, Amazon or Facebook already are among the largest global companies. But the last months have further cemented their leading positions in the market, while others have started to lag further behind. That will prove to be not only the case now, but will be a permanent consequence of COVID-19. Okay, okay, so he's talking about all the major tech companies. Remember I told you that at one point Trump said MAGA was Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon. And you see Klaus here talking about how all these companies are becoming these leaders and taking over these industries. But this past few months have also shown that the fourth industrial revolution will not be beneficial to all unless we make conscious choices and investments to ensure that this is the case. Right, so he wants these people to make conscious investments to make sure that the fourth industrial revolution is equitable for all, right? That's how he sells this, folks. He was selling the fourth industrial revolution before COVID, the Great Reset, 
Okay. And now COVID, the great reset happens. He says, oh, it accelerated the fourth industrial revolution. And now we have to look at the consequences to the people. Meanwhile, he's got a guy who's his right-hand man, King Philosopher, Yuval Noah Harari, saying that people have no spirit, they have no soul, they have no free will. Those days are over. You're a useless human. You're a hackable animal. We control the data, and we will be the gods of the new era. Okay, that's the guy who speaks in the ear of Klaus Schwab. Disadvantaged school students, unskilled workers, and non-digitized companies and governments will feel the crisis much more than others. The crisis. So he's saying that everyone who does not go digitized are going to feel the crisis. Basically, they're going to be destroyed. And what did I tell you and show you through their own words that Ray Kurzweil, Elon Musk, Deepak Chopra, and the rest of these transhumanists always say that if you don't get the brain chip, if you don't merge with the machines, then you will go extinct. Same thing that Klaus is saying right here. Get on board with the metaverse or you are done. We will destroy you. Moreover, both corporate and income inequality have worsened during the last months. So when we build the post-COVID world, when we do the Great Reset, one of the most important places to start will be to ensure that the fruits of the fourth industrial revolutions are really shared by all. He said, when we do the Great Reset, when we do the Great Reset, the Great Reset was COVID, right? But he's saying that when we do the Great Reset, they've already done the Great Reset. They're in the Fourth Industrial Revolution right now. The reset button was pushed with COVID. This guy is so giddy and excited. I wish you guys could see the video of him. Um, you can find this on YouTube somewhere. Come over to pain.tv slash gold. But he's so giddy. He's so excited to sit there and tell you, when we do the great reset, oh, ha, 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 oh, ha, 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 you got to see this creepy bastard. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold, and I will be right back after this short commercial break. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope, I sincerely hope that when you listen to this guy, your blood is boiling because mine is. Mine is. I know all about this, but every time I listen to this guy, my blood boils. I'm sitting here like, who the hell put this guy in charge? How did he get everyone to follow him? How are all these people doing this? I mean, we know how, you know, from a technical standpoint, how they do this using BlackRock and these investments. But wow, to orchestrate something on a worldwide stage. I mean, imagine trying to just get 10 of your friends to agree on uh, going on a vacation together. But somehow they put thousands upon thousands of heads of state that are constantly changing 
in line with thousands upon thousands of CEOs that are constantly changing, and they got them all on board, all in sort of, you know, it's all moving. It's That part is organic, but somehow they were able to bring these people together and keep them on board with this shared vision, this shared outcome. Let, let's just continue with Klaus here, because I don't want to be uh, listening to him all night, or I might vomit all over myself. Eat world. When we do the Great Reset, one of the most important places to start will be to ensure that the fruits of the fourth industrial revolutions are really shared by all. The foods, the f- foods are the fruits. The fruits of the fourth industrial revolution are shared by all. Let's see what he says. It starts with equitable investments, particularly in education and reskilling. And it also education and reskilling re-education let's put that together reskilling and education so re-education applies we come up with a new framework to regulate data ownership intellectual property and competition in the fourth industrial revolution right right so they're creating all of these horrible dystopian technologies but now klaus and his buddies just like elon musk wanting to be the governor of the governing body that governs the very bad technology that he's building that will replace humans klaus and his buddies at the world economic forum want to be in charge of deciding what's equitable want to be in charge of making sure that your data is controlled by you instead of just maybe i don't know not collecting the data that's how you know it's a giant scam it's a giant scheme these people are criminals they're thieves there's hackers they're pirates they're hijackers i mean that is all these guys are they're hijacking the world the natural world this requires public private cooperation so to the participants right so there he is selling the public private partnership again of which donald trump sold us during COVID as well this world knowledge forum my message is this it is very important to embrace the fourth industrial revolution and its technology as it will determine our future prosperity like nothing else okay so he told them that they need to embrace the fourth industrial revolution technology folks he told them they need to embrace it okay let me go back to the world economic forum website i just want to give you a little bit of understanding on the background of the internet of things because that is central to the fourth industrial revolution i don't want to go into depth but i'm going to give you the background here just so you understand and there's a few articles i'm going to share with you before we get to the next video A brief history of the Internet of Things. The concept of adding sensors and intelligence to physical objects was first discussed in the 1980s when some university students decided to modify a Coca-Cola vending machine to track its contents remotely. But the technology was bulky and progress was limited. The term Internet of Things was coined in 1999 by the computer scientist Kevin Ashton.
While working at Procter & Gamble, Ashton proposed putting radio frequency identification, RFID, those are chips similar to what's in your passport and your credit cards now, RFID chips on products to track them through a supply chain. He reportedly worked the then buzzword internet into his proposal to get the executive's attention and the phrase stuck. Okay, over the next decade, public interest in the Internet of Things technology began to take off as more and more connected devices came to the market. In 2000, LG announced the first smart refrigerator. In 2007, the first iPhone was launched. And by 2008, the number of connected devices exceeded the number of people on the planet. In 2009, Google started testing driverless cars, and in 2011, Google's Nest Smart thermostat hit the market, which allowed remote control of central heating. Okay? Now, if you want to learn a little bit more about the Internet of Things, I'm going to teach you some more, but you can always go over to Wikipedia, and there's some good examples of the Internet of Things there. Here's just a short description, so you have a general view. The Internet of Things describes the physical objects or groups of such objects with sensors, processing ability, software, and other technologies that connect and exchange data with other devices and systems over the Internet or other communications networks. Internet of Things have been considered a misnomer because devices do not need to be connected to the public Internet, They only need to be connected to a network and be individually addressable, okay? So what that means is that there could be devices within a network inside, say, a warehouse that talk to each other. They don't necessarily have to be connected to the public internet, okay? Now, up here on the screen, I have... Um, this is at dataprot.net, dataprot.net. And this is Internet of Things statistics for 2022. And this is actually a pretty good article here. I'm just going to give you some key findings before we move on. This says right here in 20, I just want you to understand the scope of this, okay? As these guys are trying to connect everything in the world onto this Internet of Things, which will combine into what we're going to call, uh, talk about later called Internet of Bodies, where they connect all of us to it. And then that's eventually going to become the uh, metaverse, which entwined in there will be the Internet of Senses, which we'll touch on briefly. But this says... um, IoT statistics key findings. In 2021, there were more than 10 billion active IoT devices. And I've actually heard that number um, at least twice that. And and if you look around on the internet, the numbers uh, are not consistent, okay? It says right here, it's estimated that the number of active Internet of Things devices will surpass 25.4 billion in 2030. By 2025, there will be 152,200 IoT devices connecting to the Internet every minute. All right? Internet of Things solutions have the potential to generate four to eleven trillion dollars in economic value by 2025. Okay, 
there's the monopoly money there's the food coupons that's how they get everyone on board that's in business it's an entrepreneur to help build this because they project that there will be all this money available so now all the entrepreneurs start gearing their businesses their inventions and stuff to creating iot devices all right that's simple you bribe the people 83 percent of organizations have improved their efficiency by introducing iot technology okay right it's estimated that global IoT spending will total $15 trillion in the six-year period between 2019 and 2025. The consumer IoT market is estimated to reach $142 billion by 2026. Uh, now, let's see. 94% of retailers agree that the benefits of implementing IoT outweigh the risk. And finally, the amount of data generated by IoT devices is expected to reach 73.1 zettabytes by 2025. And remember, we went over how you're going to store all of this data on these DNA, human DNA hard drives. And why you need all this data is because the data is what is going to power the future metaverse which is what Yuval Noah Harari talks about when he says those that control the data basically control the future. Now, I'm over here at techtarget.com, and I just want to show you briefly um, some examples of IoT devices that you uh, may be familiar with already, okay? So, connected vehicles. Uh, this is just in your mind to give you an illustration of what's out there. Connected vehicles. Autonomous vehicles are one of the most notable examples of IoT in action. Self-driving cars and trucks use a slew of connected devices to safely navigate roadways in all sorts of traffic and weather conditions. Uh, the technologies in use include artificial intelligence, enabled cameras, motion sensors, and onboard computers. Much more on that, but I'm going to skip forward. Traffic management. Roadway infrastructure has become more connected in the past decade as well with cameras, sensors, traffic light controls, parking meters, and even smartphone traffic apps transmitting data that's then used to help avert traffic jams, prevent accidents, and ensure smooth travel. Okay, we told you that the company that led to what is Google Earth, Google Maps, was started by the CIA. So when you're driving around in your car, as 80% of Americans are, using Google Maps, you are in fact being directed by a CIA technology. GPS is not to just get you somewhere uh, as fast as possible. It's, it's all controlled. People don't even realize that. Number three, smart grids. Utilities are also using IoT to bring efficiency and resiliency to their energy grids. Okay, historically, energy flowed one way along the grid from the generation site to the customer. However, connected devices now enable two-way communication along the entire energy supply chain. Uh, number four, environmental monitoring. And you can look this up, folks. Uh, techtarget.com just look up uh, internet of things and you can read this in detail environmental monitoring connected devices can collect internet of things data that indicates the health and quality of air water and soil as well as fisheries forests and other natural habitats they can also collect weather and other environmental data folks i told you they want to control natural life all the way down to the last gnat down to the last blade of grass 
well. This is how they're doing it under the guise that they are doing it to protect nature. Nature's just fine until they put their technology there. Then nature becomes polluted, and then they tell you that nature is more polluted, and therefore they need more technology to monitor the pollution in nature that they created. All right, always problem, reaction, solution. Number five, smart buildings and smart homes. Property owners are using the power of Internet of Things to make all sorts of buildings smarter, meaning they're more energy efficient, comfortable, and convenient, as well as healthier and possibly safer too, right? We heard all about Excel. I brought that up to you with those people with the smart thermostats and then when it got hot outside they couldn't turn their air conditioning on all right that's how smart it is it's so smart that it knows to choke you out and suffocate you but that's the whole point of this stuff number six smart cities which we'll touch on uh, a little more later on smart cities are consolidating IOT deployments across many facets to give them a holistic view of what's happening in their jurisdictions. Folks, that's called a prison planet. As such, smart cities generally incorporate connected traffic management systems and their own smart buildings. They might incorporate private small uh, smart buildings too. Smart cities might also tie into smart grids and use environmental monitoring to create an even larger IoT ecosystem that provides real-time views of the various elements that affect life in their municipalities. Folks, that is a dystopian prison planet. That's what a smart city is. Number seven, supply chain management. Supply chain management has been undergoing a modernization thanks to low power sensors, GPS, and other tracking technologies that pinpoint assets as they move along a supply chain. Folks, how do you think that these guys choke us out and create food shortages? Because they're monitoring the supply chain at all times. And when they want to choke us out, they can use their technology now to stop trucks from driving, to stop uh, drivers from delivering, and that is how they choke you out. Okay? Do you understand this? This is not about helping humanity. Uh, otherwise, everyone would have at least one acre, and you'd have a giant garden full of fresh food in your yard, just like I saw over in Poland, which is being attacked right now. Number eight, industrial agriculture and commercial management. IoT has numerous applications in industrial and commercial settings, enabling everything from predictive maintenance to improved security of facilities to smart agriculture. These wide-ranging use cases employ an equally expansive list of IoT technologies, okay? So they're monitoring everything, agriculture, commercial management. These guys are in charge of it. Who do you think oversees the artificial intelligence systems that controls the Internet of Things? It is the prison planet guys in charge of this thing. It is the wardens of the prison planet all orchestrated through people like Klaus Schwab, who somehow was anointed to the king of this entire thing. He is the executive chairman that goes around and gets the private and public people on board with instituting the prison planet that they have coming. Folks, more on this, much more when I get back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here 
on the Dust and Gold Standard on Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the Internet of Things. The Internet of Things to power the fourth industrial era, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to jump right back into this. We don't have any time to waste, folks. There's so much information that I'm trying to pack into this episode for you. I ask you to share this with people. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. I appreciate it. I get a kick out of them. All right, folks, we're over here at securitymagazine.com, and the reason why I jumped over here is this one was not really on the list, so I looked it up myself because it's one of the most important things, I think something that will uh, ring home with you guys, all right? This is how the Internet of Things is reshaping video surveillance. And so it says here, the enhanced functionality made possible by the Internet of Things and associated technologies is responsible for many of the major changes seen across society today. Video surveillance is one area that experiences substantial evolution driven by Internet of Things and other smart technologies. The intelligent monitors and sensors of the Internet of Things combined with emerging high-speed network solutions promise to improve the performance and capabilities of video surveillance systems. Presented below are two technologies that will drive the enhanced functionality of video surveillance equipment. Now, what they talk about in here is artificial intelligence and wireless communications technologies such as 5G. And we're not going to get into all this, but when you look at the Amazon Ring, when you look at uh, all of these devices that you can use to monitor your home, I want you to understand that you, in fact, are playing right into the hands of the prison planet engineers and architects. Okay, I know it sounds like a great, cool idea to strap up Amazon Ring cameras to your house. But that is the furthest thing from what you should be doing, which is telling your neighbors to get your Ring camera away from my house. Don't point that towards my house. See, you're building the prison planet surveillance for them. Those cameras, for those of you that have them, you know what I'm talking about. Because I had to get one for a particular purpose, not to monitor my home 24-7 so that uh, Amazon and the police state could be monitoring everything that I'm doing around my house. But those cameras are used for facial recognition, uh, you know, mapping the world for these guys. You think you get this convenience of being able to see when the Amazon delivery guy drops off a package at your house in real time. Uh, and it's promoted through stupid little TikTok videos where an Amazon guy slips on a banana peel and lands on your cat and then farts and runs back to his truck. And that's how they make it cutesy and they humanize it. But at the end of the day, you literally just wired up the country with tens, if not hundreds of millions of cameras for these people. Not to necessarily spy on you, but they are building data on the entire natural world through these cameras. They're scanning all of our faces, and now you know through Peter Thiel's technology, Clearview AI, they can scan your face and pull up your entire digital footprint file. You know, on you, 
everything you've done online, every piece of information that's available in a government database, a private sector database, it's all there. It all gets pulled up from your facial scan. So shame on us for buying all of these smart devices and helping these guys build this prison planet. And I know it gets tougher and tougher to go and find a refrigerator that's not smart or a thermostat that's not smart, but you have to poke around and look for these things. Now, eventually what they'll do is they will make Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, which is Facebook Marketplace was good to sell you stuff. It's actually pretty weird right now, but they are making it harder and harder to find these pre-internet of things devices just like they're trying to take all of the old cars off the road it's becoming harder and harder to find used cars because they want you driving around not necessarily in an electric vehicle but a vehicle with a computer and then an electric vehicle so they can literally turn them off when they say up oh, there's an electric shortage today you can't drive and so they're going to be able to just turn them off that's the whole point of this folks now I pulled up this article for you. I want you to see this. It's uh, on money.usnews.com, uh, money.usnews.com. And this is eight best Internet uh, of Things stocks to buy for 2022. And it says smart home innovation is a massive area of opportunity for investors. And this will just give you a hint of who is selling uh, and making all of this Internet of Things home security, home smart devices. These are the actual Internet of Things spy devices that you're putting as close as possible to your home or in your home. So obviously Amazon.com, right? They make the stuff and they sell the stuff. Best Buy Company Incorporated, all right? Best Buy sells all this smart stuff. Walmart sells all this smart stuff. Home Depot sells it. Lowe's sells it. Target sells it. Alphabet, which is Google, makes it, sells it. And Sonos Inc. makes it, sells it. So these are the big companies that are pushing the Internet of Things into your house, folks. All right? So this is just a public service announcement, a warning to you, as you've seen me do on this show before. Try to stay away from this stuff as much as possible. As Elon Musk has said, we are nodes in the system. We are helping them build this with all of the data interactions that we have, every interaction we have with technology. We are helping them build you think it's bad now. You waited and see what it looks like six months, a year, two years, five years from now. This is a technological prison planet that's eventually going to be merged in with this metaverse that we are going to get into. But let me play. I want to play a couple of videos I cherry picked for you on the Internet of Things. So in case you don't understand it from the way I've explained it thus far, let's let some of these uh, World Economic Forum videos explain it to you. Here's one. It says here, what is the Internet of Things? And why is it so important? So I'm going to pause. It says, it has been called the next frontier and is set to transform many aspects of our lives. The Internet of Things is about connecting devices to the Internet. Machines which have never been networked are coming online. Smart heating systems that know whether you're home or not. Oh, great. That's fantastic. Fridges that can tell you if you're running low on milk. 
or a connected self-driving car. The Internet of Things is set to change our world. There's many positives, but it's not without problems. Concerns about security and personal privacy have been raised. Connected devices are at risk from hackers. Those worries will need to be addressed as the Internet begins to touch more and more aspects of our lives. In the coming years, the number of Internet of Things devices is expected to grow dramatically. And the possibilities are endless. The World Economic Forum. Yeah, that was a message from the World Economic Forum, folks. So hopefully you picked up a little bit from there on top of what I've already given you. But you see, they're creating the problem, right? Which is uh, people are stupid. We're going to sell you convenience. No, so now you go get all these smart devices, and now they're telling you, well, there's going to be problems with privacy and hackers. Folks, the privacy problems come from them. They're building it and they're spying on you. The hackers are them. They're hacking their way into your life. Do you not see it? They are hacking their way into your life. Let's watch another video. What do an umbrella, a shark, a houseplant, the brake pads in a mining truck, and a smoke detector have in common? They can all be connected online, and in fact, they are. By 2022, it is expected that more than a trillion sensors will be connected to the internet. If all things are connected, it will shift the way we do business and use resources, and will eventually yield massive amounts of data. But who owns this data and how safely will it be kept? By 2020, around 22% of the world's cars will be connected to the internet. That's 290 million vehicles. And by 2024, more than 50% of home internet traffic will be used by appliances and devices, rather than just for communication and entertainment. In this scenario, what if your car or your home got hacked? The Internet of Things raises huge questions on privacy and security that have to be addressed by governments, corporations and consumers. But if we get things right, it will also bring unprecedented efficiency to processes that will no longer be offline. Imagine cows in a farm being monitored to obtain health reports that will help farmers feed them better. Folks, they're going to have health reports for farmers to go out and feed their cows better. Farmers have been doing this for how long, and these people are trying to threaten and shut down farmers. So give me a freaking break with this nonsense. Now, this propaganda is just disgusting, and the fact that there are people out there who actually want this world, this world where these psychopaths put these smart devices inside your home, inside your body, as you'll see, to monitor everything, folks, everything. They want to control the world like a video game. This is just the device part of it. Eventually, we're going to get into all the genetic modification and stuff that they've done in, the, in nature and what they do with geoengineering in the skies. They are trying to control everything. They're trying to turn the natural world into a video game to make it a living hell for you so that you go inside of their actual video game called the metaverse. Let's continue. Or tracking the behavior of complex industrial machinery, preventing accidents and shortening downtime for maintenance. 
all kinds of devices will be able to gather and share any type of information from their environment, seamlessly organizing themselves to make our lives smarter and safer. A world where all things are connected is going to bring endless opportunities for most human activities. No, folks, this is not a trailer for the Jetsons. They are not doing a remake of the Jetsons. This is actually real, and you're living in it right now. But it will depend on us whether we are going to take advantage of it or let it take advantage of us. Will data be collected, shared, and stored to improve our lives, or will it be used to control us? Okay, and then it says on the screen, find out more at uh, weforum.org slash agenda. They're saying they're going to build all this. They're building it all. They're rolling it out. Their leader says the fourth industrial revolution is here. The Great Reset happened under COVID, okay? And now all these technologies are coming out, and then they have the nerve to even say to you, oh, but there's all these concerns with data. But if we get it right, it's going to be wonderful. Like you and I have a freaking say about whether or not our data is taken by these guys, whether it's hijacked by some fat kid in his basement that's a hacker, which is ridiculous, while the right-hand man to Schwab is king philosopher Yuval Noah Harari is running around calling us hackable animals. These guys sit there and they say, well, the question is about the security and privacy of the data. Folks, we don't have a say If we walk into the store and every refrigerator is a smart refrigerator and somehow they pass a law or they buy up all the refrigerators and they crush them, all the old ones, then you don't have a choice whether or not you're buying a smart refrigerator or not. And you don't have a choice whether or not your data is shared with uh, the government. Nobody does. We don't have a say. Where do we have a say in any of this? Where do we have a say in any of this? And go out there and say, well, there's going to be a demand for old school refrigerators. I'm going to build them. Yeah, right. They'll pass a law and make it illegal for you to build them. Because the public and the private sector are on board in the public-private partnership, which is just tyranny. It's tyranny. It's straight-up fascism. It's authoritarianism. That's what these guys are practicing, folks. They are telling you you're going into the fourth industrial revolution, and if you don't gear yourself up to change careers every 15 minutes, well, then you're going to be rendered useless. And then Elon Musk is telling you, well, if you want to stay relevant, then you're going to have to put a brain chip in your head, but don't worry. It'll help you make more money. Folks, do you see how evil, how disgusting these technocrats are, these scientists, these engineers that rule over us, and why this is so important that we are going to be getting into Operation Paperclip, which I believe is probably the precursor to this, folks, when they brought these Nazi madmen and uh, other people who the Nazis were killing that somehow ended up partnering with the Nazis uh, to build this technological, uh, geoengineered, metaverse, prison planet, anti-human biosphere we're going to be living in. Now, this is, this is maddening, folks. It's maddening. I'm actually upset about this. Okay, when we get back, let me cool down over this break. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on 
pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. I'm back from the break, folks. I apologize. I was getting Alex Jones fired up for a minute. I, I had to calm myself down, folks. I was literally going to go upstairs and do some yoga. I don't do yoga. My wife does, though, with the pregnancy, and it helps her calm down. I just have to do my breathing exercises because it gets me fired up when I've got to sit here and listen to this, and you can see them just bragging, just throwing their plans right out there, right in your face. Like, oh, this is what we're doing, and you're going to do it. And don't worry, we love you, and we're going to protect your data. Let's watch one more video here on the Internet of Things. I think this should help solidify any questions that you have on what the Internet of Things is. But I think in the last half hour or so, we really locked that down for you because you need to understand the Internet of Things before we move on to the next beautiful thing that they call the Internet of Bodies. But let's watch this quick. The Industrial Internet of Things. The consumer internet connects about 5 billion devices. Think about all the new business models that came about, all the changes in our lives. And now imagine we connect 50 billion devices to each other. Devices that run manufacturing floors, that run energy plants, that run healthcare systems. What kind of value can they create in the world? What kind of business models can happen through this? We need businesses to rethink their business models. You've got to start looking differently at your consumer relationship, the way you price your products, the way you provide the services. And increasingly we see you don't pay for a product per se, but increasingly you pay for a service. You see increasing importance of these ecosystems that together start creating these tremendous new solutions that dramatically can improve people's lives. We can really increase the utilization rate of products. Today, a utilization rate of cars is maybe 15%. Half of the time is used to search for parking spaces or standing in traffic jams. Using data and software, we will be enabled to automate driving. We will bring up the utilization rate. And I think the same might happen to the industry. We will see devices that no longer fail or are repaired before the failure happens and that will change the way that we buy products that will change the way we rent products it will change the way we think about products and the everything everything they're talking about is selling you on this materialistic consumeristic world okay that's everything that they're selling because they already have so many people brainwashed into this not how do i get a couple acres and grow my own vegetables and have some goats and get milk from the goats or have some sheep or have some chicken to get eggs and kill the chickens and have my own chicken things that would make you not have to interact with stores or the supply chain Small mom-and-pop stores that used to be able to source goods from people who actually made and manufactured and produced things in your town, in your county, in your state. No, that's all gone because you have this interconnected global world that these psychopaths, these power-hungry God wannabes control. And so they created a problem by taking everything away from us. Then they provoked this reaction that they're large, giant mega systems can collapse and now the solution is okay 
No, and our reaction to that is, oh my God, everything's breaking. And then the solution is more technology. We're going to put sensors in everything and we're going to control everything and we're going to make your life more comfortable. We're going to sell you convenience and soulless materialism so you can buy products faster. Oh, wow. What a great, great world we live in, folks. Do you see how far away we have moved from what we as humans are naturally wired to do? which is hunt and gather to protect our family, put a shelter over our heads and have water. We move so far from that that we're letting these technocratic prison planet wardens build this technocracy around us all for the sheer convenience of being able to shop better. God, this is just disgusting. All right, let me continue with this. Us, the focus was on automation of muscle work. In the future, software will really help us to automate knowledge work, to come up with better decisions, faster decisions. The skill set required for jobs in manufacturing will dramatically change. We would see far more white collar workers in factories than what we have today. We will Right, so they're going to have more white-collar workers, engineers in the factories instead of actual workers. They're going to get rid of all the blue-collar workers and the blue-collar workers who are not cut out for becoming an engineer or a programmer, which are then going to be replaced anyway by AI. Well, what are those people going to do? Well, they're rendered useless by Yuval Noah Harari in the World Economic Forum. Never forget that. They've already rendered us useless. They've said this. See many products being offered as services. Some people estimate that the industrial internet of things is as big as the entire US economy. Capturing that benefit, creating the right framework, engaging the right parties yeah. is essential so that at the end of the day, the benefits can outweigh the risks. There are some pretty significant questions that leaders within those organizations have. By coming together and sharing perspectives and understanding how others are thinking about these issues, they can collectively come up with better approaches to be able to create the enabling environment, as well as individually walk away with a more informed position to make individual decisions. The ability to rethink products and services, reinvent business models, and retrain and retool the workforce. Doing this and more will be important to make sure that this trend, the industrial Internet of Things, doesn't just deliver the business and economic advantage, but also the human advantage. It's the people behind it that have the power to make it truly transformative. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. It's the great and wonderful people over at the World Economic Forum who are making all of these decisions for us, folks. They're making all the decisions for us. These guys, because... Let me ask you, I mean, I don't know, in your personal life, I know people who work uh, for companies that build Internet of Things type technology. They just work there and follow orders. Uh, I mean, maybe there's people who get sucked into this idea that they're going to make everyone more convenient, make everything more convenient. I showed you in uh, the first couple of episodes uh, articles that were on some of these big corporate websites prepping people uh, prior to COVID for starting to develop the fourth industrial revolution technology so i guess they got everyone on board with this and i'm the last one who is against this so or maybe you out there where well, you're the last uh, we're the last people here that want some semblance of a natural life and i guess the decision has been made so i think now you have an understanding of the fourth industrial revolution which we will get into in depth through Klaus schwab's book because that's basically the bible uh, but 
the Internet of Things, which is very important to building out this prison planet, fourth industrial right complex. I think you get that now. So let's move on here to what's called the Internet of Bodies, because that's the next most important piece of this puzzle. So right here on uh, RAND.org, and let me just tell you, I'm using RAND because RAND has a lot of great information on the Internet of uh, Bodies, okay? And if you go over to the World Economic Forum website, there is a lot of papers that say brought to you in collaboration with the RAND Corporation, okay? So... WEF takes a lot of the Internet of Bodies work from RAND Corporation. They have a partnership. There are people that work for RAND that sit on the board and on different committees inside the World Economic Forum. Okay? Now, just so you know, you can go over to RAND, R-A-N-D, like RAND Paul, but it's RAND.org. And just a brief history of RAND because I want you to know uh, where this source comes from. On May 14, 1948, Project RAND, an organization formed immediately after World War II to connect military planning with research and development decisions, separated from the Douglas Aircraft Company of Santa Monica, California, and became an independent nonprofit organization, adopting its name from a contraction of the term research and development. The newly formed entity was depicted to furthering or was sorry was dedicated to furthering and promoting scientific educational and charitable purposes for the public welfare and security of the United States. Now, I wonder who might have been involved with RAND when it was formed right after World War II. I don't know, folks. Maybe we'll come across that in the future. So that just gives you an idea of who RAND is a little more. Almost at once, RAND developed a unique style. It blended scrupulous, nonpartisan, oh yeah, right, with rigorous uh, fact-based analysis to tackle society's most pressing problems. Over time, RAND assembled a unique core of researchers, notable not only for their individual skills, but also for their commitment to interdisciplinary cooperation. By the 1960s, RAND was bringing its trademark mode of empirical nonpartisan independent analysis to the study of many urgent domestic social and economic problems. In later years, RAND extended its focus beyond the United States with the goal of making individuals, communities, and nations safer and more secure, healthier, and more prosperous. Now, if you were going to go around the world making nations more secure, from the invasion of what other nations so which nations are you working with one set of nations or all nations and then are you forcing other nations to secure themselves from nations that are partners with other nations i see none of it makes sense when you really break it down but let's get into the internet of bodies and not really focused on rand i'm just telling you i'm going to pull some sources from rand so i wanted you to see um who exactly they were all right so Right now, we have the Internet of Bodies, or IOB, is actually an ecosystem. It's a bunch of devices that are connected to the Internet that contain software and that either collect personal health data about you or can alter the body's function. So you got the Internet of Things, which are all the devices implanted in these physical manufactured products, cars, refrigerators, traffic cameras, 
smartphones and such. And now you have what's called the Internet of Bodies, which is these devices that are connected to the Internet that contain software that either collect personal health data about you or can alter the body's function, similar to Elon Musk's Neuralink. Now that I piqued your attention on the Internet of Bodies, you're probably looking around right now, seeing if you have anything connected to yourself. <laughs> That's the point of this show, folks. Take off your iWatch. Take it off. Take off your Fitbit. Take off your diabetic monitor. I'm telling you, you don't want to be connected to the Internet of World Economic Forum. Folks, when I get back, let's delve into the Internet of Bodies. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And you're listening to Pain.tv slash gold. And we are all connected to the Internet of Things. And the Internet of Bodies. Let's go over some of that right now, folks. Because uh, I think, I think that you guys are starting to see the big picture here. This technological prison planet built around us by these psychopathic technocratic transhumanist folks. So let's start, let's start with the video on the Internet of Bodies. We'll watch this and then we'll review a couple of articles from the uh, RAND group in order to... Uh, solidify these concepts in your head so you understand what the Internet of Bodies is. Because then after that, we have something called the Internet of Senses. And then so you have the things, the bodies, the senses. And from there, we'll go into a little bit more on what the smart city is, which is sort of a biosphere of the connection of the internet of things bodies and senses which then will lead us into the complete cyber world which will be the metaverse all right let's watch this on the internet of bodies in the 20th century wireless technology integrated with the human body was nothing more than science fiction but today wi-fi connected devices like heart rate monitors and sleep trackers have become common parts of American life. How has bionic technology evolved so quickly from science fiction to reality? And what could this internet of bodies mean for our... And the reason why is that it was not science fiction. That was predictive programming. Those were the propaganda pieces, as you call them, movies, we call them entertainment. Its job was to prime you and to get you ready for the technological prison planet to come so that when the technologies rolled out, you would say, wow, that's like Dick Tracy's watch. Or you would say, that's incredible. That's like something they used in Mission Impossible. 
or you would say wow the metaverse that's cool it's kind of like what neo in the matrix went into so it wasn't that sci-fi just came up with these crazy ideas and then all of a sudden elon musk built them no the government was building them then they fund these movies to be made which are propaganda to prime you for the technology that then they roll out through their puppet pr men like elon musk and these type of crazy lunatics all right let's continue lives moving forward rand researchers are studying this phenomenon and what consumers and policymakers need to know as we veer into uncharted territory the internet of bodies or iob is um is actually an ecosystem it's a bunch of devices that are connected to the internet that contain software and that either collect personal health data about you or can alter the body's function. We think of the Internet of Bodies as this collection of all these devices as well as all the data that the devices are gathering about you. And Right, the, the, the data that all the devices are gathering about you folks. Okay, Yuval Noah Harari, now you know what he's talking about. This is the stuff he is talking about. In healthcare, it's Internet of Bodies has, has been around for quite a while with the advent of the internet it makes a lot of sense to connect your pacemaker to the internet so that your doctor can be automatically notified if if something weird happens if there's an anomaly it's natural in a lot of ways to want to understand more about your body how it functions how well it's doing i you, your doctor that will be replaced with ai soon by the way ob devices could revolutionize healthcare. unprecedented amounts of personal health data could inform treatment plans that are completely tailored to a patient's needs. There are pills now that have an electronic sensor that let a healthcare provider know whether you have taken the medication. Other things like... A pill with an electronic sensor to let your loser alcoholic doctor know if you are taking your medicine right meanwhile you go sit in a waiting room in his office for three and a half hours when you're scheduled to see him at two you don't see him till 5 30 and they send in a nurse who doesn't even talk to you and they want to replace the doctors with artificial intelligence deep fake mind twin uh type doctors over an ipad right because they love you they're doing all this because they love you by the way they're putting implants in your bodies and pills you swallow with devices and cameras inside them because they love you oh yeah it's all about love folks feel the love feel the love precision medicine so precision medicine is the idea of of creating pharmaceuticals or treatment like specifically for your body for your personalized treatment Right, and this all plays into some of the quacks that uh, Joe Rogan brings on his show where they're priming us for these personalized injections where if you read some of the psychos over at CRISPR-Cas9, the genetic modification uh, sort of software lab where they actually say, and we'll pull this up for you eventually, um, that isn't it going to be great when you don't have to take on the dna of your mom and your dad that we can just modify that 
and take away all your problems. So no longer you're going to be connected to your own bloodline, your own DNA, because uh, these great technocrats, these sciences, scientists and engineers are going to engineer your DNA so that it fits in with what they believe is perfect. Folks, is this not Nazi eugenics? Okay, just don't look at this woman if you're watching the video pain.tv slash gold is some asian lady with long black hair don't look at all these weirdos we watch the look at them with nazi uniforms on try to listen to their words with a nazi uniform and the voice of uh adolf hitler i mean klaus schwab listen to them through that voice through that lens and i think iob could really help with that because nowadays a lot of healthcare is is based more on you know average reactions whereas with data from iob devices you might be able to to really more precisely treat a certain disease but the internet of bodies won't be a cure-all now now let me just ask you this you say to yourself well who are the type of people that are going to line up to stick all these implants and swallow all these uh, robot pills and put nanobots in their body as Ray Kurzweil wants and walk around looking at their iPhone, monitoring them 24-7. Who do you think? It's all the people that they just turned into lifelong germaphobes who line up for booster after booster, who shove tests up their nostrils every five minutes when they're at home. They've created a generation of these people because there are a number of children now that saw their parents freaking out and wearing masks everywhere. So you have a generation of people that have now just been brainwashed and propagandized to want the scientists and the doctors to hook these devices up to them. I mean, it's so obvious. And don't tell me that that's not going to happen because I know people And I have to be careful about how I say this, but I know people in my personal life that are already doing that. Testing every day for COVID, still wearing a mask. They'll get another booster if it comes out. People that walk around with diabetes plugs in their arm that they're monitoring uh, their blood sugar all day long on an iPhone. And they're like 40 years old. I mean, all day long, that's all they do. Walking around with a Fitbit. Oh, I took a 1,012 steps in the last seven minutes. Oh, my heart rate got to this. Walking around like you're the Terminator or you're RoboCop, constantly monitoring your body instead of just living your life. Like, eat some healthy food and exercise. You don't need to connect yourself up to all these devices. It's insanity, folks. It's insanity. All right, let's continue. In fact, the largely unregulated market poses risks to the uniquely sensitive data these devices collect. First of all, there's there's the cyber risk of, of uh, you know, of an actor potentially um, hacking into the system. An actor hacking into the system. They are the actors hacking into your system. When you swallow a pill with an AI robot tracker in it, into your body, and then allow that data to be collected so you can look at it on a stupid little app on your iPhone and think that it's being sent over through the Internet of Things and Internet of Bodies over to your doctor, some uh, dude who's got a crappy degree, fresh off the boat, right? And you're like, oh, he's going to save me. They are the hackers, They are the ones who just hacked you. You are the hackable animal because you allowed yourself to be hacked. You swallowed the pill. 
What's bigger than that blue pill? Oh, hey, here's the blue pill. You take this one and put a robot inside you. Mm, Oh, okay, that's great. Folks, they're selling you eternal life. They're selling you eternal immortality with Peter Thiel. Don't go to heaven. Come with me into the metaverse. And you sit there and hook up your house with Amazon rings and swallow a robot pill. And then you are sitting there going, oh, I got to be afraid I'm not hacked. Well, if you didn't do it, it wouldn't have been hacked. The cameras wouldn't be hacked if they weren't on your house. Your body wouldn't be hacked if you didn't take the injection or swallow the blue pill. Come on, folks. Use this information that I dig up for you and I'm providing you with to warn your parents, your grandparents, your children, your relatives, your friends, your co-workers. You know, warn them not to get sucked into this. The way you can defeat this in your own personal life is don't do it. Are you going to stop it from happening worldwide? No, not overnight. But just don't do it. Just don't do it and try to convince others around you not to take part in this. Opt out, folks. Check the box. I opt out of the fourth industrial revolution. No, thank you. Whatever it might be, there's the privacy risk of all this data that's being collected and the regulations about that data are are really murky at the moment. And so there's not a lot of clarity into who owns the data, what happens to Yeah, in this video they produced, they're showing people walking through a subway, uh, like a sub underground subway type of uh, hallway, with these boxes up on people's face, scanning them with facial recognition. That's Clearview AI. We showed you that with Peter Thiel. They could scan your face and pull up all your private data in real time. Now, am I afraid of some hacker, some fat Korean hacker in a basement stealing my data? No. I'm afraid of the government and the technocrats that are asking me to give them access to my data, that are collecting my data without their permission. Every time I walk in front of a neighbor's house who's got a ring doorbell, I know my face is being scanned and my data is being processed somewhere. Come on, the FBI already admits they have thousands of facial scans on every single one of us. Who it, who it gets sold to, how it's being used. And there's even potentially national security and global security risks. A few examples of these risks have already played out in real life. For instance, in 2018, highly sensitive information about U.S. military activity and base locations was inadvertently revealed by soldiers' fitness trackers. So this is... Now, whose fault was that? It was the people who told the soldiers to put on the fitness trackers, and it was the fault of the soldiers that agreed to put on the fitness trackers. There's no one to be blamed for that. So a hacker stole some data? Give me a break. The military was taking your data when they forced you to put the fitness tracker on. The pivotal moment. What can we do to make sure we reap the potential benefits of the Internet of Bodies without risking our privacy, security, and personal autonomy? Consumers should be wary of IOB devices because... As it's becoming more and more popular, all of this intimate data is being collected, arguably more intimate data than we've ever really recorded before. There's no clarity on what is being done with that data. You know, with, a, with an old mechanical pacemaker, there's no data that, that was being collected and stored. And, you, you know, you could look at a history of someone's. What is being done with the data, lady? 
Well, let's see. Your RAND Corporation, you created this piece and wrote an article in cooperation with the World Economic Forum. And Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher to the head of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, said that those who control the data are the gods of the new era. They're the ones collecting the data, lady. You're doing a video for RAND, who's partnered with WEF, who has been pushing the Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, which ties into the Internet of Things and the metaverse. So who's collecting the data? It's the very people you work for. Sorry about that, miss. Um, heart rhythms. Because policy tends to lag behind innovative technologies like this, it's probably up to the consumers and to the... Right, policy, as if anyone is going to follow any sort of policy. I already told you. These technocrats collecting the data become the governors of the governing boards that govern the horrible technology that they developed. Okay? So the policy is written by the policy makers who are the ones who created the technology to begin with. The healthcare patients to really be aware of the devices that they're using and what is happening to their data and to, to know what the regulations are in their particular state because it does vary so much state by state. Even if you think you're not interesting or that nothing will happen with your data, there are a lot of unknowns that I think we need to be careful about. Okay, so even though that was uh, this double-talking woman doing this for the RAND Corporation, she's right, though. And the warning that I'm going to give you is even more direct. Don't do it. Don't do it. Take off your iWatch, okay? Take off your Fitbit. People want to know what the solutions are. The solutions start with you. So take off the Fitbit. Take off the iWatch. Take off any of these devices. I know you can't live without a smartphone things for those of us that have to work and stuff like that right now. We'll eventually figure out solutions to that. But in the meantime, take off the wearables. Take off the trackers. Take off, you know, the, the diabetic monitors and things like that. Don't opt in to this Internet of Bodies technology that hooks you up to some drunken alcoholic doctor. Don't do it, folks. Get rid of the Alexa. Don't talk to Siri. Do as much limited contact with your smartphone as possible. Try to get directions ahead of time and don't necessarily use Google Maps. I mean, these are things you can do. Limit the technology in your own life. Opt out of the matrix as much as humanly possible. You can do that. All right, when we get back, I'm going to finish up on the Internet of Bodies and set us up for tomorrow's show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on Payne.tv slash gold, and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. Ladies and gentlemen, we are breaking down the Internet of Bodies for you. And I just want to give you a little bit more information so... 
we can move on to more pressing matters. Ladies and gentlemen, I am back on the World Economic Forum website, weforum.org. And this is an article, Internet of Things, Tracking How Our Bodies Work Could Change Our Lives. And this is June 4th, 2020, folks. So this is a few months after COVID kicks off. And so it says right here, shaping the future of urban transformation. And that's uh, like a sector in which this article came out of. Okay, so they have a section called shaping the future of urban transfer uh, transformation. It says uh, we're entering the area of the the, uh, era of the Internet of Bodies collecting our physical data via a range of devices that can be implanted, swallowed, or worn. All right. The result is a huge amount of health-related data that could improve human well-being around the world and prove crucial in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. But a number of risks and challenges must be addressed to realize the potential of this technology from privacy issues to practical hurdles okay and so you heard that a little bit in the rand corporation piece it says most consumers are open to the use of digital in healthcare. top reasons why healthcare consumers prefer digital uh 2018 percentage of respondents and then they've got a chart on here showing that uh, the majority of people love this as i told you they're out there folks they will be out there they'll be brainwashed into this they will be mind-controlled into this, propagandized into this. Now, let me just read you a little section here, connecting our bodies. As futuristic as the Internet of Bodies may seem, many people are already connected to it through wearable devices. The smartwatch segment alone has grown into a $13 billion market by 2018 and is projected to increase another 32% to $18 billion by 2021. I told you, take it off. Smart toothbrushes and even hairbrushes can also let people track patterns in their personal personal care and behavior. Everything you do when you're interacting with these devices is sent to the technocrats. You are helping build the prison planet. For health professionals, the Internet of Bodies opens the gate to a new era of effective monitoring and treatment. It says here in 2017, the U.S. Federal Drug Administration approved the first use of digital pills in the United States. That's 2017, folks. Digital pills contain tiny ingestible sensors as well as medicine. Once swallowed, the sensor is activated in the patient's stomach and transmits data to their smartphone or other devices. Folks, come on now. Don't tell me you're doing this. Please don't tell me you're doing this. In 2018, Kaiser Permanente, a healthcare provider in California, started a virtual rehab program for patients recovering from heart attacks. The patients shared their data with their care providers through a smartwatch, allowing for better monitoring and a closer, more continuous relationship between patient and doctor. Folks, they don't love you, okay? They don't love you. Get that through your head. Thanks to this innovation, the completion rate of the rehab program rose from less than 50% to 87%, accompanied by a fall in the readmission rate and program cost. And this goes on and on and on. And we will eventually review more of this stuff, okay? But what I also want to show you over on RAND 
If you were watching the video version of the podcast of pain.tv slash gold, at the beginning of the RAND video on the Internet of Bodies, there was a document that showed. And this is the document. I got it for you. It's a PDF. And it says here, the Internet of Bodies, Opportunities, Risks, and Governance. And Mary Lee, I believe, was the woman in the video. She helped write this. And this is a 37-page PDF, very well put together, on the Internet of Bodies. I could literally do 164 shows off of this, which I'm not going to do. But if you are interested in this document, I suggest you Google Internet of Bodies, uh, RAND.org, or World Economic Forum, and you will eventually come across this document because it will tell you everything you want to know about the technology that they're building and where they're going with this this is uh like a white paper it's called the blueprint folks 37 pages on the internet of bodies opportunities risks and governance so opportunities for these vultures to come in and stick things in your body so they can monitor you risks which is you know oh oh you know be careful your data could be hacked by somebody uh not talking about the guy who you just took the pill from who's hacking you uh but someone else some some rogue actor and then governance governance is okay we're coming up with the technology we've architected the system uh we know the opportunities we told the people about the risk so that's it informed consent is done you know about it it's your fault if you take it and now because it's so dangerous we the people creating it have to set up governing bodies to govern the very technology that we're building okay the elon musk model now let me go over here quickly to rand.org and this is an article they wrote the internet of bodies will change everything for better or worse And it says here, the rise of devices that connect the human body to the web is accelerating rapidly. This Internet of Bodies could revolutionize healthcare and improve our quality of life. Oh, yes, thank you. But without appropriate guardrails, it could also jeopardize our most intimate personal information and introduce several ethical concerns. And so it goes on very similar to what they mentioned in the PDF and what we watched in the video. They have to warn you, and then when you get on board with it, folks, it is your own fault because they warned you. Also, and I'm telling you this, um, how I could ever prove it, I don't know, so this is my opinion. When you hear Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, people from the Rand Corporation and others, or these articles that we're reading to you, where they say things like, like Yuval Noah Harari will say, so a government can now monitor the heart rate of people. And so when a supreme leader like Kim Jong-un is giving a speech, Not only is he looking into your eyes from across the room and you put on a smile and make him think you're happy, but inside you fear him or you hate him. Well, he will now in real time be able to read your senses, read your feelings, your emotions. And so then they could drag you out into a hallway and execute you or whatever. He is not warning you that Kim Jong-un could eventually do this. They are, one, telling you the technology they have because this is how they they brag about it. They lay it out there. 
And then the second part is, remember, he's not necessarily talking to you or to me. He's talking to the room full of billionaire investors, uh, politicians, heads of state, CEOs, and he's telling them, guys, this is what we could do. We could read people's emotions so that we could execute them if they don't agree with us. Guys, the dangers are the data can be hacked from the bodies of the people that take this. So they're not warning you not to take it. They're telling their audience of multi-billionaire, psychopath, technocratic, transhumanist weirdos that this is what we can do, guys. We can hack these simpletons, these plebeians, these idiots. That is what they are saying, folks. That is what they are saying. So they're telling those people this. Now, what we are going to do, all right, is tomorrow we are going to get into the Internet of Senses. Okay, it's a pretty short one. I'm going to show you how they're developing all of these technological solutions to being able to experience senses when you're plugged into the virtual reality Second Life metaverse and how you're going to be able to smell and taste and feel all of these senses inside of this fake metaverse and then we are going to analyze a long but it's worth it trust me panel discussion for the world economic forum on the metaverse what it is from the guys that really matter we're not going to listen to some video game nerds who are developing a dungeons and dragons game we're going to listen to the technocrats on the world stage as they talk to heads of state and billionaire investors about the metaverse matrix prison planet that they want to force us all into in the meantime folks if you take one or two things away from this show take off the iWatch take off the Fitbit seriously you don't need it folks stop giving them the data that they need to build the prison planet around you that you complain about if you want to live out in the natural world live in the natural world use these devices when you have to go to work and you have to make money because you can't obviously drop it all now we can't all go full Amish tomorrow but folks Take off the Fitbit, take off the iWatch, okay? Tell your kids to take it off. If they have them, figure out how to wean them off it and tell them the dangers of this stuff and move them away from this technology. Living in this world is not necessarily inevitable. Living partially in it, one foot in the matrix and one foot out, is a solution right now that we can discuss. Okay, so start to make the moves in your personal life to live one foot out of the matrix by not wearing all of the devices that connect you up to the matrix. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. I need to go to sleep because I've been recording all day here on Sunday for you because I love you guys. Leave me a review over at Apple Podcasts. Leave a five star and then leave a written comment. I love it. I appreciate it. Join us at pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get some sleep with my wife. Have a wonderful evening. I love you all. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion. 
at pain.tv slash gold.